What is up, everybody, to the nations worldwide? This is the Travel Couple Podcast, where we introduce you to couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money and living that digital nomad lifestyle. We are your hosts, Mike Pletz and Natalie. Tune in every Wednesday as we interview couples living a digital nomad lifestyle, traveling the world while earning an income. Get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other. Listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. We are continuing to talk about the world of travel blogging, so be sure to check out our travel blogging tutorial in our podcast or go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash to the nations worldwide and give us a like. In today's episode, we talk with travel bloggers from the States, Colette and Scott of Romaru. You can catch them at romaru.com. That's R-O-A-M-A-R-O-O.com. They discuss with us today about their trip to the Sea of Cortez, how travel has affected their relationship, and how you can do keyword research and also improve your Instagram game. So without further ado, here's our interview with Colette and Scott. Today we are joined by Colette and Scott of Romaru. In 2015, they said enough was enough and decided to quit their jobs, rent out their house, sell their cars, and travel the world full-time. You can find them traveling the world at romaru.com. That's spelled R-O-A-M-A-R-O-O.com. Hello, Colette and Scott, and thank you for being on the show. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So uh, just to get started, guys, why don't you just take a, a moment here to tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourselves and what you guys do. We are Colette and Scott, and we are travel bloggers, social media influencers, and content creators, and we run the travel website Romaru. And in 2015, we quit our corporate jobs, we sold our cars, we rented out our house, and we set out for the most epic adventure yet and went on an around-the-world trip. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, did, did the blog come after you guys decided to travel, or was it kind of at the same time you guys said, you know what, if we're going to travel, we're just going to start a blog? It was basically the latter. Uh, okay. When we started traveling, we said, you know what, let's, let's at least document our travels. And actually now looking back, uh, there was you know, about a few weeks ago, I was looking through an old hard drive of you know photos and videos from before all of this started. And I realized that actually both Colette and I, uh, we were doing this before uh, it was, I guess, cool and popular. Mm-hmm. You know, we were always, you know, Colette would, no matter what trip we would do, she would always put together a nice little montage video of, of all of our travels. And, you know, I was always taking pictures and, and you know, I have hard drives of, of photos. And so basically it was a very uh, easy transition to just take something that we love to do already um, and then just create the website and share it, you know, with with people who also have the same uh, interests. Yeah, perfect. So, uh, going into you two, how did you two meet? We met in probably the most famous bar in the world. That's Las Vegas. So you can hear <laughs> what happens in Las Vegas. But yeah, we were both on vacation and uh, we met there. So I guess. 
that's kind of an indicator of our relationship because frequent flyer miles uh, started from the beginning. Scott was well, yeah. living in Chicago and I was living in Los Angeles. So we met in Vegas and then we started to do long distance right after that. Oh, nice. Very good. And then uh, where did you guys get married? How long have you been married? We've been married three and a half years. Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Uh, we got married in Palos Verdes in California at probably one of the most uh, beautiful and blissful resorts in, in the world, really, but spe uh, specifically Los Angeles. Uh, it's called Terranea. And so if you ever get a chance to, you know, if you, if you live in the area, take a weekend out there. If you don't live in the area and you're trying to get out of the winter cold, it's a great spot. Uh, it actually seems like you're going to a different country when you're out there on the peninsula. Very nice. Awesome. So uh, getting into this first part here, we're, we're just going to talk about travel a bit. So I'm going to ask you a very simple two-word question, but it has such a complicated answer for many. Why travel? Mm, why not? <laughs> I think I think mainly because we need to open up our eyes. We need to learn about the world. And I think travel is the biggest education you could ever receive. And we're students of the world, and we love to learn, and we never want to stop learning. Very true. Very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, travel opens your eyes, and you're it, – it, it's really a, a learning experience the whole time you're traveling. Uh, I couldn't agree more. So where were you guys last? Where are you now? And where are you traveling to next? Uh, last, we were in the Sea of Cortez uh, on the Baja Peninsula of Mexico. We were with a, a company called Offshore Outposts and had probably one of the most amazing trips. It was definitely one of the top trips that we've ever been on. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, so real what did yeah. you do there with offshore outshoots? I mean, it was it was adventure and simplicity. So, I mean, basically, we didn't realize that there's crystal clear water in the Pacific uh, in the Sea of Cortez, and it's basically like you're in the Caribbean. Uh, the water's crystal clear, beautiful, really no waves at all. It's very smooth, and we were there. Uh, we were snorkeling. We were, you know. Deep sea fishing, we were spear fishing, we were jumping off the top of the boat. We swam with whale sharks. We swam oh, with awesome. whale sharks. You know, so every day we were hiking. Mm -hmm. Every day was a new adventure, and it was such a small boat that basically whatever you wanted to do, uh, you know, they had stuff set up. But if you wanted to just relax and have a drink in the hot tub on top of the boat, you could do that. Or nice. if you wanted to go on a hike uh, on this, you know, private island, you could do that as well. Awesome. But, and then how, how long were you guys there for? We were there for a week, and I would say, mark our words, the Sea of Cortez is the next big hotspot. Because when okay. we were there, uh, there was no one there. The only other people we saw were sailors. So you go, you fly into populated Cabo, but if you drive an hour and a half to La Paz and get on a boat from there, I mean, it's complete serenity. Hmm. And so now we're in a home. Home is Hermosa Beach, California. It's uh, just outside of L.A. Okay. And then our next stop is to Florida. What What did I say? Yeah. So Florida to West Palm and Orlando. Gotcha. So right now you guys are kind of taking a, a little bit of a breather before you get back out on the road? Yeah, a little bit. We uh, When we're home, we uh, have to turn out our content. So that's a lot of editing photos, um, writing our content, and then also pitching um, 
future projects. Gotcha. Awesome. So uh, when you guys are out on the road, are you guys, uh, do you guys have enough scheduled posts that you kind of have that buffer to enjoy yourselves when you're out on the road? Or do you try to also churn out content while you're on the road? You know, we're always churning out content uh, at home or on the road. Um, you know, generally we'll have, uh, if sometimes we're actually live posting, but that tends to be difficult, um, you know, to get the content edited and get it posted at the same time or same day is, is difficult. But generally there's a, uh, somewhat of a delay if it's, you know, as short as a day or two. Sometimes we're, you know, flashing back to older trips. But, you know, now we have hard drives of photos and stuff that if we need to, you know, build up content um, and kind of prep, if we know that we're going to be out of service or uh, traveling for a long period of time, you know, we can create some content ahead of time. Gotcha. So, uh, what traveling together? Uh, what is your most rewarding experience that you guys have had together? I think you know we actually worked for a company creating a pro bono video in India, and it was for a girls' school, and uh, it was a little rural area. I mean, we were outside of the major cities, and but to, I guess, how would you say to experience it and to see. Um, you know, it helped us appreciate how wonderful, you know, our lives have been and how blessed we are. Right. You know, sometimes seeing some people who just aren't as fortunate, um, but being able to help them was definitely life changing. For sure. Yeah, definitely. That's a that's a great experience. Uh, how long were you guys there for when you did that? We were in India for about a week and we went up um you know, about three hours north of Kunda and we were able to visit this girls school and, you know, women don't have the same rights as they do in the States, I should say in India as they do in the States. And so, I mean, I think it was a really positive experience to try to raise funds for this girls school that we can educate um, women around the world. And so I think that was probably the most gratifying travel experience we've ever had. Nice. Awesome. So getting uh, into something a bit more uh, fun, what was your most awkward, embarrassing, or even a hilarious travel experience together? You know, we've had, I'll say this, anyone who travels a decent amount, um, you're going to have some belly issues. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of remove uh, some of the details, but, yeah, we've had our fair share of upset tummies and belly issues. Uh what was what was the some of the other amazing ones we've had? Oh, just recently we had um, we were in Fiji and we were getting ready to go to bed, and I was actually just messing around on the bed. I had our selfie stick, and I was just banging on the bed, just goofing off. Mm-hmm. Clet's laying in the bed, so you have to understand this for the point of story. Clet is laying in the bed. I'm on the other side, just kind of messing around, and as I hit the bed, all of a sudden. A gigantic spider jumps on top of my pillow. Clet is laying down, so it is next to her head. <laughs> when I say this thing is the size of my hand, I am not. This Aww. thing was, and I think we turned. We learned later it was a, a huntsman spider. Okay. And, which are harmless, but I'll tell you what: being an American or being an American, and we're not used to seeing spiders of that size, we freaked out. And I so, bet. yeah. And so we, you know, Clet jumps up, I jump up, and then we're realizing, crap, we don't know where it went. And there's no way that we can go to sleep if we don't oh, know. Okay. No 
So the next uh, like 30 to 45 minutes, we were... We were hunting the huntsman. <laughs> nice. Did you guys find it? We did find it. And we actually, you know, put some pictures on our Instagram story. And okay. That, it was probably one of our most engaged little posts. Hearing <laughs> people just freak out after seeing the size of that spider. No kidding. Oh. But, but don't, don't shy away from Fiji. That was like the only insect that actually we saw that was, you know, besides all the mosquitoes. But that's it. Gotcha. So... Yeah, that, that's a that's a great story, actually. I've seen pictures of them before. They're massive. I I, I couldn't imagine running into one. Yeah, let alone on your pillow. No kidding. Yeah. And then not being able to find it and trying to get some shut-eye. Well, we found him, fortunately. That's, yeah. that's good, yeah, we, for we sure. We weren't going to sleep until we found him. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, finally, what was your worst travel experience together? I, I mean, seeing a spider on your pillow that size, that, that's up there. But uh, do you have another one? Yeah, I would say we were in Cambodia and we were on a cruise down the Mekong River, which was fantastic. But we were kind of isolated while we were on the cruise. And so when we got into a big city of Phnom Penh, we decided to go on land and just do some laundry. And we kind of let our guard down. And usually if we take our phones out, we one of us will watch or we'll, you know, we'll go into a hidden area. Mm-hmm. But we let our guards down after being on a boat for a while. And... Uh, we were on the sidewalk, a moped drove onto the sidewalk, grabbed my phone out of my hands and drove away. Oh, wow. And I tried to chase him. Um, I was a sprinter in college, so I thought I can get him. But unfortunately, um, we weren't able to get him, even though uh, we really tried hard. So that was kind of a, you know, it's it, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. Right. Um, but at the time when you're so far away from home, it just kind of made us feel a little more out of control. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so uh, getting into talking about relationships when we're on the road, uh, how has traveling affected your to your relationship together? I mean, the way that it's affected is, you know, spending a large amount of time with anyone is you're going to learn how to communicate better. You're going to learn each other's personalities, you know, almost as well as you know yourself. And so I think that, you know, traveling, we've just become closer as a couple. Yeah, I think the surest way to find out if your relationship is going to work or not, go travel together. That will tell you for sure. Right. We hear that so much, so much too. And it's so true. You're going to find out really quickly if you're compatible or not, if you're on the road. And just experiencing the things that you experience when you're on the road really tells you how compatible the two of you are. Exactly. So then when planning a trip, uh, who takes care of what? I book everything. I do all the planning. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. No, let me let me tell you. So uh, I always I always share this. This is before you know. I, I hate to stereotype, but you know, generally, um, you know, most people might assume that like girls would want to search or for shoes or purses. I would look at. I would come up behind Colette when she'd be at home, and I would see uh, like all the tabs on an internet browser open, and it <laughs> filled up brim where you couldn't even squeeze another tab yeah and I ask her what are you what are you looking at and every single tab was either a hotel a flight a resort uh some destination and so this is she has always had an absolute love for travel and she um she does 90 percent of the booking and planning of all of our travel gotcha nice awesome and then uh what is the best destination that you two would suggest for couples well, you know, that really depends on the couple, but I mean, I would say we went on 
uh, our honeymoon to the Amalfi Coast. And I think hands down, that's the most romantic place in the world. But if you have maybe a little more of an adventurous couple, then I would recommend New Zealand or Iceland. Okay. So then uh, the Amalfi Coast, what did you guys get up to when you were there? Uh, lots of eating. That yep. was my main hobby. <laughs> Rented a boat. Uh, took it out to Capri for the day from Positano. Oh, nice. rented, rented a car and drove around up to Ravello. Oh yeah, we rented a an Alpha, a vintage Alfa Romeo, and drove that around, which was really fun. Awesome, very nice. And then, uh, sorry, what was the other one you suggested there? Uh, Iceland oh, and, and New Zealand. So New you know, Zealand. You a couple. If, if someone wants to be a little bit more rugged and outgoing, right. Uh, you know, those are two amazing spots as well. Now, that's that's two uh, places that are definitely at the top of our bucket list. Ooh. Tell us a little bit about Iceland. I mean, Iceland, if, as you know, has just had tremendous success with their PR. Yep. Uh, I think over the past three or four years, the, the tourism industry has just exploded. Uh, and, you know, a lot of that is to influencers and Instagrammers uh, going out there and creating such amazing and, and breathtaking content. Uh, Iceland is, you know, you can, you could go there and, and do it the typical travel way and see it in three or four days, or you could spend, uh, two weeks, you know, taking your time to go around the entire, the uh, entire country. So it's, it's really got all these amazing, uh, amazing history, amazing sites. It's just, I feel like every time you turn, you look and it just looks like a, a picture that would be on a postcard. Yes, definitely. So, it looks so amazing. I mean, uh, did, you, did you guys go walking on glaciers and everything like that when you were there? We did. We yeah. walked on a glacier. We visited a glacier lagoon. Uh, we went to a geyser. There's so many outdoor activities that you can do there. It's it's really fantastic. And we went uh, in June, so it was 24 hours of sunlight, which was a little trippy. And oh, we were wow. Yeah, so yeah. we went up and we'd wake up in the middle of the night and I thought, okay, it's 8 a.m. We should get up. Oh, wait, no, it's 2 a.m. Like oh, we should oh, definitely oh. keep sleeping. Yeah. But we want to go back for the Northern Lights. That's definitely on our bucket list. Right, definitely, for sure. And then you said New Zealand too, which is, yeah, I, I see Iceland and New Zealand in the same category when you go traveling. That sort of adventure, rugged uh, destination. What did you guys get up to when you were in New Zealand? So I, I would say... If you had to choose between the two of them, I think New Zealand is is definitely better. Uh, okay. the, South, the South Island, it's. Uh, I, I mean, we did very similar trip. We rented a camper van, drove around, you know, went to all the amazing sites. But we went to what Milford Sound, went to Queensland, we went to Queenstown. I'm trying to think of the other sites that we went to. Uh, Wanaka, Lake Wanaka. Yes. And the wine regions are great, but I mean. The thing with Mount New Cook. Zealand, oh, yeah, we hiked Mount Cook. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are pulling over every five minutes because you just cannot believe the landscape in front of you. It's the most beautiful place on earth, hands down. I've never seen a landscape like it. Maybe Iceland could come in a close second, but I think New Zealand takes the cake. I think, yeah. yeah, I think for most people, uh, you know, budget conscious and if they're flying from the States or – um, it's easier to get to Iceland and probably a little bit cheaper, but New Zealand is definitely just up there, and it is it is significantly better than Iceland, just from a perspective. Of Sorry, Iceland. Sorry, Iceland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so then 
uh, closing out this section, do you guys have any any more advice for a couple travelers out there that you'd like to share? Yes. Definitely. Um, I would definitely recommend to pack protein bars because no one likes a hangry traveler, and uh, that's usually the majority of, uh, well, that and jet lag would probably set off a fight on the road. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think jet lag is something that affects people a lot more than they expect. And even as ourselves as veteran travelers, it still, you know, can really hamstring us during our travels. So one of the things we've learned is that it doesn't always affect each person at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, one of our earliest travels, I can remember, I would wake up in the morning and be ready to go, whereas Colette was not. And so, and then in the afternoon, things were reversed. I wanted to take a nap and she was ready to go out. And so, you know, when you are traveling, you know, several time zones away, those first few days, if you feel like you need to take a nap or get up a little bit later, try to do it together and, and, you know, agree on a bit of a schedule so that you guys can sync up together a little bit quicker. Yeah, that's awesome advice. I've actually, I haven't heard that one yet. So do you guys have any advice on how to deal with jet lag? Is there any secret remedy or any, uh, any, any ideas out there that you guys use to get over jet lag as soon as possible? Yeah, so there's there's actually a, a guy who wrote a book probably back in the 1940s or or I know a bit later than that in like the 60s or 70s, and it and it had to uh, deal with fasting, uh, basically dealing with your hormones and then caffeine. And you know I, I won't get into all the details because it's a little complicated in some of the stuff that he does. But, you know, simple things are hydration. So, you know, if, if you're traveling a long flight, make sure you're hydrated as, as much as possible. I know that sometimes you might get excited if, if you're flying and um, you're like, oh, let's have some drinks and cocktails up here. You know, that is going to slow you down when you get on the road. Right. Uh, also, the other thing is as soon as you get on that plane, try to behave as if you are uh, in your new time zone. So if you get on the plane and you're supposed to be sleeping, uh, in your new place, go to sleep right away. Uh, if you're, you know, supposed to be awake, but you're the time zone that you're leaving is midnight. You know, you should stay up. So there have been times where, you know, we're getting on flights and it could be at the, you know, the departure country, you know, three in the afternoon. But where we're going at six a.m., we'll get on and have a cup of coffee to try to reset the body because that's what we'd be doing in the morning, anyways. Right. So, so it's yeah, it's it's kind of tough. Uh, at times when you need to be staying up or, you know, if you're trying to go to sleep and you can't sleep, but just kind of, you know, go through those motions as, as like try to force your body as, as good as you can. And also with the um, setting, like you are in that future time zone. So say you do get on the flight and it's 3 PM, but it's 6 AM in your new destination. Well, while you're on the flight, you should only eat proteins and, yeah. No carbohydrates because with gotcha. carbohydrates, your uh, sugar is go- or your blood sugar level is going to spike and then it's going to crash and you're going to want to go to sleep. However, if you land in a destination and it's nighttime and you're supposed to go to sleep, eat a high carb meal. That way you do crash. Yes, very good advice. Awesome. Uh, sorry, what are your guys' backgrounds? What did you guys go to school for and everything? So I'm a chemical engineer. Okay. Colette was communications and film. Oh, okay. Very nice. Sorry, I just got sidetracked there. I wanted to ask that question. I didn't ask it before. So okay. yeah. uh, so just going into our, ne- our final part of this interview, I just want to uh, dive into Romaru. I want to talk to you guys about it. But 
to, to start it all off, just take a, a minute here. Tell us how it, Romer started. Tell us how it's evolved and uh, where you're taking it. So how it started, it's this elaborate, uh, great historic name that's been passed down from our families for years. No, actually, we, we <laughs> on a random Saturday, um, I think yeah. maybe Saturday or two before we left. And, you know, we were trying to build a website. And I said, well, you know, we need to have um, an actual name of a web page before we can start to build it. And we just wrote down every single name or adjective or ver or, uh, adjective or verb that was related to travel or wonder or trip or journey. And then we, you know, cross-checked it with websites and Instagram names that were available. Uh, and so, you know, very quickly you'll realize that you're, you know, the first name you come up with, someone's probably sitting on that website or they're using it already. Right. So, um, yeah, that's it. We kind of figured that out together and we started growing it. And then uh, basically at the end of our planned seven-month journey, which is what we initially thought we would – at the end of that, we would go back to our normal jobs. Okay. We basically said uh, we were living as cheaply as possible. Let's see if we can turn this into a business. You know, we had started to gain, you know, a critical mass of following and we wanted to see if we could leverage that. And we saw other people who were having success. And so – after about six months after that, uh, we were basically in the black and we were, you know, we were making enough money to live. And so that was about a, a year from when we initially started our journey. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we basically have been growing ever since. Nice. So that, it, and it, did this, uh, did Romaru start at just as a travel blog? And then what has it evolved into today? Because uh, just going through the website, I see lots of travel guides you've created. Was this always the plan? Uh, and, and even your, your shop, uh, the Passport to Fitness, where did all these things come from? Uh, that was definitely not the plan. However, uh, our plan, I guess our plan was just to take a grown-up half gap year and return to uh, real life, so to speak. But we really loved creating content. I mean, we did it to keep our friends and family updated. And then we started growing a following, and that was not expected. Um, and we really loved sharing stories with the world. And I think that just kind of evolved from there. And I mean, we had grown our Instagram following and Facebook following and we decided, okay, I, I mean, I think we're on to something and we don't want to go back to our old lives because we've grown so much from travel and we have, you know, we have nothing to lose at this point. Let's give it a try. And I think one thing to comment as well is, you know, specifically when you're in the world of, you know, content creation, social media, you know, what's popular and what people are going to latch onto is constantly changing. And, you know, we had a lot of failures. There were a lot of things that we tried we thought might work, and then we had to, to shift and pivot. Uh, but the one thing we knew is that we basically just had to keep trying. And so we had a lot of no's. We had a lot of failures. But um, then we started to have, you know, we hit a few home runs and had some success. And so then we started to learn. And, and basically, we, you know, to keep being successful is we have to keep educating ourselves uh, and constantly, you know, trying new things. And so that's what we're always trying to tell a story uh, that best fits our voice, but we're also trying to stay up to date on, you know, how information is portrayed, how stories are portrayed. If that's, you know, through Instagram's stories or if it's some new type of editing um, and then try to keep the fans entertained as well. Right. So uh, up to this point where you guys are at, 
what has been the, the best tool or the best resource or the best strategy to really grow your audience? Wow, that's a good thing. You know, there's not, there's not, you know, one little trick. Yeah, there's no, there's no easy button. There's no, yeah, there's really no easy button. Um, you know, kind of reiterating what I just said is, you kind of have to always stay up to date on what's popular. You know, we've had a few successes. We had um, one success with our YouTube video that we didn't think would be successful, and that was our Sardinia video in, in Sardinia, Italy. And mainly because no one else was covering it, you know. So sometimes, okay. if you can find an op, um, if you can find something that people are interested about, but there's not a lot of information, that's one little way you can help uh, differentiate yourself. Yeah, with that, what you can do is you can go on Google AdWords, and you can see what people are searching for. And we do this for blogging as well. But when it comes to video, um, you can use those Google AdWords to your advantage as well. So. For instance, uh, you know, what to do in Sardinia. Say that a ton of people are looking for it, but no one's really buying ads for it, so your competition is very low. Then you can cross-reference that on YouTube and say, okay, well, how many people are making videos about Sardinia? And if not many people are making videos about that, well, you know that there's an opening in the market for you. Same goes for your blog. If a ton of people are searching for this term, but not many people are writing about it, there's your sweet spot. So, you know, example of a bad one would be, you know, like um, New York City. You know, there's probably hundreds or thousands of blogs or articles about what to do in New York City. But if you were to try to find some smaller cities um, in the States or like Sardinia, for example, you know, that you'll be able to get some positive traffic to your site. Or if you do choose a big city like New York, then try to do something a little more targeted. For example, maybe that's uh, best smoothie shops in New York City or you know, five under the radar romantic spots you've never heard of in New York City. You play around with what your search terms are and you'll be able to find things. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, guys. That, that was such awesome advice. I really hope my audience really takes something away from that because, yeah, keyword research, you just, it, it's the first thing you really should do and really plan your content from there. Uh, understanding, understanding where that spot in is in the market for you is so important. I, couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, uh, Clay, can you talk to us a little bit about Passport to Fitness? Because I think it, it really touches on something that's so key, and that's yeah, when do you have time to to um, keep your body up to shape when you are traveling and you are so busy? Well, if you have 10 minutes, then you have enough time to stay in shape. I mean, if that means uh, doing burpees in your room or air squats or jumping on your bed like it's a box, I always try to utilize whatever I have in my hotel room. Um, that could be a bathtub. That could even be your suitcase. And I detail all of that in my book, Passport to Fitness. I've combined my two passions, which are fitness and travel. And I give some workouts for on the road. And these are workouts that you can do anytime, anywhere. And then we also detailed, you know, defining your fitness flavor. If you're a ski bunny, I tell you the top places to ski in the world. If you love to scuba dive, I detail those there. So it's kind of an all-encompassing look at how to stay in shape while traveling. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll definitely link it in the show notes for our listeners. Uh, definitely something to, to take a look at if, 
you are struggling to stay shape in shape when you are traveling, which is a really common issue with lots of people. Uh, it's, it is really difficult to do when you're on the road because you are so busy and you do want to take advantage of where you are traveling, but it is so important to keep in shape. Awesome. Uh, I just want to ask you guys a little bit more about your blog. Who takes care of the writing? Who takes care of the photography? Who takes care of the video, social media? Do you guys split this up to uh, to your uh, what you're good at, or are you guys both good at everything and you just want to uh, share as much responsibilities as possible? We divide and conquer. Yeah. Uh, so I handle the blog and social media and all of our writing. And Scott is our photographer and videographer extraordinaire. He shoots all our photos, all our video, and edits all of that as well. Very nice. And then we talked a bit about keyword research, and uh, which kind of uh, transfers over to writing a blog post, but even uh, getting the right title for your YouTube video. But what about video and photography, Scott? What, what can you uh, give our listeners some sort of advice on to really uh, make their photography pop on Instagram or make their uh, video editing on YouTube so much better. So I have a short little two-minute video we just posted on YouTube mm -hmm. uh, that kind of summarizes five tips that I would give to people. Uh, but, you know, to, to let's say someone's on the road and they're driving right now, they can't check it out. You know, the, the few short tips I would say is is pick pick your focus point. Uh, it's it's very easy to get caught up and want to highlight every single thing that you see, you know, because we have this this emotion that we've tied to wherever it may be. Let's say we're at the Eiffel Tower, and we had this great experience, and we had the French baguettes, and we had the the cappuccino, and we and we want to highlight everything in that photo. But for something that's going to pop on Instagram, you you need to focus on one thing, and if that's you know, if it's that's the froth on the cappuccino, if that's, you know, you as a couple kissing in front of the Eiffel Tower. But one thing needs to be in focus and highlighted, not everything. Uh, and a lot of people also tend to oversaturate their photos when they first start editing. And that's because you're in this beautiful site and you have the blue waters and, and the, you know, beautiful beaches or wherever it might be. But um, that doesn't typically do well on Instagram, uh, that oversaturated nature of it. So um, the other thing is learn about the rule of thirds. So the rule of thirds is basically if you drew um, a box in the center of your um, pictures, you shouldn't have your subject uh, in the center box. Now, there are exceptions to every rule, like the English language. However, if you put your subject outside, it adds some dynamic effect to your photos, and the eyes kind of drift um, to that side. But, yeah, if you – if you can or have time, take a look at our YouTube, and there's um, you know five quick tips uh, to kind of change your Instagram photos. Definitely, I'll, I'll definitely throw that in the show notes because those are five great tips to really make your photography uh, that much better, and it's so important. Now, uh, transferring from photography now over to your guys' Instagram because it seems like you guys have uh, an enormous amount of followers there. How have you guys? gained that following what uh what can you tell our listeners to do to really engage their instagram following and get those numbers up there so i would just like everything else there's no um there's no easy button you know yep. in the end uh, good content will win and so um yes there are there are plenty of tools out there to try to get your name uh, out there and get your your page in front of people but you also need to make sure you're focusing on creating good photos and telling a great story and being able to inspire your viewers uh, to come back. 
And so um, it, that is that is something that we try to tell everyone because we get asked that question all the time, which is, you know, how can I grow so quickly? It's like, well, there there's really no shortcut. And even as Instagram continues to change their algorithm, it makes it even harder and harder um, to get your posts in front of people if it's if the content isn't great. So yeah, really focusing on your photography, focusing on your storytelling. Um, you know, there are ways to kind of engage with other people. Yeah, I would recommend definitely engaging. Uh, Instagram is a community first and foremost. So uh, reach out to your favorite blogger, reach out to your favorite Instagrammer, pick their brain, maybe ask to collaborate, asking if you can help do anything for them and, and learn from them. And I think most of the Instagrammers out there um, that we've met through Instagram uh, have been really, really helpful and they want to help foster these relationships and foster the community. Um, but yes, interact with your favorite, uh, favorite Instagrammers, interact with people that, you know, say you're a traveling couple, look up the hashtag travel couple and see who's posting there and start interacting with their page and building a community. And one last tip would be if there are, if you're trying to, you know, get in with businesses or hotels, you can also offer, you know, some takeovers. So you could, you know, if there's a hotel in Costa Rica and you could say, hey, I'd like to you know, provide some pictures for your social media, they may not have the biggest following, but it would still get you some exposure. If you took, you know, three or four photos and, and had your name at the bottom as, you know, the photo credit, it can start to, you know, build your audience. For sure. Great advice, guys. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, uh Instagram is a social media. It's social. You need to interact and engage with people. And uh, first and foremost is getting, releasing quality content. And that goes on any channel, uh, YouTube, Instagram, anything, blog posts, anything you're post putting out there, quality comes first and foremost because the algorithm's always going to change. So all those hacks that people are telling you about are eventually one day going to be taken away by the algorithm. So first and foremost, quality is key. Uh, putting that out there, it needs to be the best. Uh, but I, I, agree. I think since we're on the topic, I just want to get on my soapbox real quick. Yep. It's it's very frustrating for us to, to see other, um, I guess, pages out there who are buying followers. Yep. And it is, you know, being in the world, it's very obvious and easy to see, you know, because – one, you'll see a page jump up very quickly when their content definitely doesn't uh, merit the the following, um, as well as you know the engagement rate is just you know plummeted, and and in the end these pages you know I feel are I, they're just going to hurt themselves because if you're buying followers if they're fake or real or whatever's out there, what happens is then your engagement drops and these pages are never going to engage with you, and so. Your pay, your photos will never then get featured on any of the um, the finding pages. So it's a uh, basically you're you're just going to hurt yourself, and it's going to be a hole that you're going to dig that you won't be able to get out. And don't focus just on the number. Uh, it's easy to do that, and I completely understand. I think we were really focused on the number in the beginning, but after talking to brands and other influencers, I mean, it, it really comes back to content is key, and you will grow your following over time. It is not overnight, but Success never is, so just keep at it. Definitely. Consistency is definitely key. And, uh, yeah, in the short run, you're going to find uh, getting those numbers up there to buy your audience. It, it looks great uh, for the short run, 
but ultimately you're not going to get anywhere with it. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the wasted money with that. It, it just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't translate. So yeah, great advice guys about Instagram. That's awesome. Uh, what advice would you give a couple that wants to make traveling a part of their lifestyle more? Well, I think, you know, starting out, um, the easiest thing is, you know, book those trips. Um, don't, don't push it off. You know, I'm not saying to quit your jobs and, and try to become influencers or uh, full-time travelers by any means. But even if you, you know, still have your full-time job, um, you know, budget a little bit more appropriately when it comes to trying to book the trips. Uh, a lot of people always say, oh, well, it's way too expensive. Um, yes, you know, travel is expensive, uh, but I think it's probably one of the most rewarding things that you can spend your money on. And so if you can, the things that aren't rewarding are a lot of the physical items that we think we uh, need to, to possess. And so I think if you kind of review your life and look at, you know, you make some small decisions, if it's deciding to go with a little bit cheaper car, uh, if it's deciding to skip, you know, the coffee, the coffee or um, deciding to not go out to eat as often, you know, all those decisions are small ones, but they add up over time so that you can then pay yourself back, you know, in some amazing trip. So I think it's, you know, start, start booking your trips now, um, start early and just squeeze in whatever you can. Uh, if you only have a long weekend, then, you know, decide to just take a road trip. Uh, but if you can decide to take like a whole week, then plan that week with a holiday and you can go to Bali. Yeah, don't put it off. You know, we've heard that the stoplights of life are never all green. And there will always be an excuse as to why you can't do it. You don't have the time. Uh, whatever that excuse might be, um, just book it. Just go on the trip because I don't think there's ever been a trip we've taken where we said we regret going. There's always something that you learn from those trips. For sure. Yeah, awesome. Great advice, guys. Now, what is next for Romaru? We are going to Florida next week. We're going to be shooting a commercial, and then we're going to be working on an exciting project with Universal Studios. And uh, other travel this year includes a lot of domestic travel, including New Orleans, Michigan, Idaho. Um, I said Florida already. And then we are also going to be going to Indonesia at the end of June. Very nice. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Colette and Scott of Romaru sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nations Worldwide Couple Travel Podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to our guests. Thank you so much, guys, for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much, Mike. So uh, our final takeaway from this, guys, where should people check you out, and what's the best way to reach you and see uh, more from you guys? So you can find us on our website, on Instagram, on YouTube, Twitter. It's all Rome Aru, and that is not spelled like the city. That is spelled like to roam around. So uh, That's spelled R-O-A-M-A-R-O-O. Perfect. Anything else you want to tell our audience before we say goodbye? I don't know. Thank you for listening. <laughs> really appreciate it. We had a good time. And awesome. if anyone ever has any questions about how to get started or anything at all, feel free to log on to our website, shoot us an email. We're always here to help. Awesome. Thanks so much, Scott and Clet. That was great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. I want to say a special thank you to all of our listeners out there, to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for you taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. 
You can visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash five for episode five to view the show notes for this episode. And I urge you to leave a comment on the page. We'll be sure to get back to you. Colette and Scott delivered so much value in this episode that you're going to want to check this out. If you'd be so kind, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. This helps us with our podcast and to know that you are listening each and every week. This is Mike Pletz and Natalie hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.